Hi, everyone. I'm Naomi, and welcome to the second episode of Struggle Circle by Style Circle. Um, This week, we're going to be talking about working in fashion, interning, freelancing, volunteering, and pretty much all of our struggles with trying to make it as actual fashion professionals. Um, Returning this week, we have myself... Um, the lovely Anna Evans and Kaylee Sims, but we also have two new guests, our writer and PR team member Daniela and the fabulous Zoya Shaban. Um, so I'm going to let them introduce themselves and then we'll just jump right in. Hi, um, I'm Daniela. I'm a second year creative industry student and I'm just trying to get into fashion like all of you guys. So. <laughs> Hi, I'm Zoya, and I'm a fourth-year fashion communication student, about to graduate in a month. So looking kind of more for, like, full-time and freelance opportunities within the fashion industry. So just trying to see where life takes me now. Um, So why don't we all just share our best and worst experiences working in fashion, um, and why? Who wants to start? I have to think. Let me think. Because I don't want to say that my current position is the worst I've had, but it's probably, it's a mixture of things. Mm -hmm. I would say different experiences from different jobs that I've had have kind of shown me the the things that I don't want to do when it comes to fashion. I'm in a position now to remind everybody. I took the year off to work, um, and so I've had... Two full-time jobs in fashion now, um, one at TJX and now at TNT, and um, I've interned and stuff like that. What I found is a lot of times you have to start in a position at a company that you don't necessarily want. Um, so at TNT, I started by um, basically packing boxes and like managing their e-commerce, which I would see my I could see myself doing again if it wasn't such manual labor. It's like most of my day would be building boxes, packing boxes and shipping them out. And like that is just so not fashion. It's a mm-hmm. it's like aggressively not yeah. involved in fashion. But on the other hand, now I'm an, a buying assistant and that's really because um someone left and opportunities come up that way. And so I find see the problem is a lot of people who make it in fashion kind of skip over their when they're discussing like you know how they got to where they are they skip over the the phase in their lives where they weren't actually in fashion they were in a fashion related company and whatever and so you go into the industry being like oh I need to get my the specific role that I want from the from the jump and like it's just so mm-hmm. not like that yeah a lot like, of times you just kind of have to do the shitty work the shitty and pay work. your dues yeah before you get to do that and not stuff. even like the shitty work where it's like there's that stereotype of like oh I'm grabbing coffee all the time like I'd be happier grabbing coffee for like my boss who's like mm-hmm. killing it than like having a job where no one even talks to me and I'm just doing like the like the grunt of like yeah the business like running the office as opposed yeah. to helping with the company. like even now I like what I'm doing but I'm still doing a lot of admin stuff and so yeah, you don't, like, I feel like a lot of times you have this idea that even if you're doing kind of, like, the worst job in the office, at least you're, like, co- communicating with your boss, you're grabbing them coffee, whatever. And it's just, it's just not like that. Um, until you get to a point where people believe that you um, 
are either responsible enough or deserve to be where you are, which mm-hmm. is never the case at the beginning. You're not going to have that feeling of working in fashion, really. At least that's yeah. my opinion. I haven't felt like I've really been working in fashion, even though I have been, because I'm doing things that you do in any other industry. So, like, right now I'm, like, dealing with orders and managing, like, POs and and just communicating with clients about the logistics of of their work, which is fashion related, but it's not like I'm analyzing trends and deciding what is going to be put out next and all that kind of thing. So I could do that job in any other field as well. So you have to like kind of know that what you're doing is going to get you somewhere else. And even if you feel like you're not in fashion or in whatever field you want to be in, um, that you will like kind of get there. And I find like with TNT, as I said, like I started with packing boxes and dealing with e-commerce and shipping out orders, um, which I also did simultaneously at a music company. Um, But I stayed with the company, and so then when a position opened up, then you move up and whatever. Mm -hmm. It's it's annoying because last uh, episode we talked about influencers, and that really gives you a skewed idea of what what how you're going to start out in an industry. Mm-hmm. Um, all these girls go on Instagram and within a year they're like killing it and going to shows. And so you think that like, oh, it's that quick or it's, you're whatever you're going to get. easy. And it's yeah. just so not. And you're it's just, not at all. yeah. Like I feel like I have, I've had the same experience so many times. Like in the beginning of all my internships, I've always been packing boxes or shipping things or once, you know, like scrubbing stuff off model shoes or taping <laughs> shoes or you know, so I'm used to kind of like the rough work. And like Naomi, you said, it's all about paying your dues, especially in this industry. But again, like even when people talk about like, how do you get jobs? How do you get all these opportunities? And it's literally just about being in the right place at the right time. And it's a stroke of luck. Yeah. And I remember in my first internship, which was with Flair magazine uh, in my first year of university, my boss at the time used to always tell me that I just got my internship like as a fluke, you know, just I was interning and I was just like interning with another magazine. And someone was like, there's an opportunity that's opened up. Do you want to fill it? And she was like, I never in a million years thought that would happen for me. And it just does. And I mean, it's happened to me several times in the last couple of years. And it's just in that moment where you're like, mm-hmm. you know what? I've done all the really uncomfortable, not so great work. And sometimes it's just right time, right yeah. place. What kills me is like, I don't know if you guys in first year had that guest who was like, luck doesn't exist. Like, and then now you hear people saying it all the time who've yeah. made it. They're like, luck doesn't it's exist. Luck. It's yeah. it's so luck. Yeah, it's, it is. It's like, mm-hmm. I remember very specifically, like when I started looking for internships and mm-hmm. volunteer stuff, that one of the third or fourth year fashion comm students told me that if you're not getting paid, you better be learning something. Mm-hmm. And if you're not learning anything, then you'd better be paid. Which, in theory, is good advice, but realistically, you have to go through all those kind of shitty jobs where Mm -hmm. you just have to pay your dues. Yeah. Even if you're not getting paid, even if you're not learning anything, you're just there kind of getting something for your resume. Because you're still connecting with people. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right? You're still learning from watching the people who are getting paid and being like, why are they getting paid and I'm not getting paid? Like, what are they doing that I'm not? Mm -hmm. And you kind of self-inflect and you're just like, you know why how what what more do i have to do to get to that stage yeah and i kind of really hate the word networking mm-hmm. just because i find it to be such a superficial term yeah i just it's like a buzzword now exactly yeah. mm-hmm. which if you're meeting new people just consider it as just making friends you're yeah. not yeah. networking that's or such being a friendly. selfish or just thing be, be a nice yeah, curious person yeah. be authentic like no one wants to network where you know you're like hello 
I am good at this, this, mm-hmm. and like the person mm-hmm. you're talking to, especially because when you're networking, you're talking to someone uh, probably above where your pay grade at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, they know what you're doing. Yeah. So oh, if completely. you go in, like for example, Zoya threw this fashioning 101 event last year where it was like a networking event, and she was like, "Go talk to that the um, editor in chief of MTV MTV Four. She was like, "Go, go," and I was like, "No, no, I'm so scared." I and. It's fair to be scared because you really they, yeah. like you are looking for something. Yeah. But I basically ended up being like, "Hey, I look like Harry Styles. I'm gonna send you a weird photo. Hopefully, you like it." Like, because I was so nervous, and that was like the first and, thing that came to mind. And she loved it. And she's never gonna forget you now. Yeah, no. And like, I sent it to Harry her, Styles girl, I'm, and I got and an interview, good. and she really liked me. And so it's like, yeah, you have that, to let your personality shine through mm-hmm. sometimes, and sometimes, yeah. and be like okay with being. Nervous, like it's better that you're nervous than to be like, "Hello, shake hands." Um, My name is Anna, and I would like to blah blah blah. And like, Mm -hmm. this is what I'm good at. Like, just mm -hmm. just be human. Yeah, be a human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. PSA though, also about volunteering and not being paid. For anyone out there who's doing it, there are rules, you know. So recently, (laughs) I gotta say, recently the laws changed about um, unpaid internships. So make sure that you are getting more out of the internship I'm going all legal right now but make sure mm-hmm. you're going you're getting more out of the internship than your boss is because that's the legal requirement if you're mm-hmm. unpaid yeah. um, you should be under insurance the work safety yeah. insurance under insurance board. yeah and I'm pretty sure the only way you can have an unpaid school. internship now is if it's for academic yeah, credit school. otherwise exactly. they have to pay and you and even even with that being said if you are getting coffee that means that you're not getting anything out of the internship but the boss is so you have to make sure that when you reflect on that internship even before like a weekend just think to yourself am I doing something of worth am I learning something if you're not then you're more than able to you know like negotiate but then a very real danger is that they'll just look at you and be like okay so we don't need your help anymore because there's always someone who's willing to work for free yeah there's always but you also have to know your own worth you have to know and people care like if you show if you show that you care about your own worth the employer will see it too and people respect people who like respect themselves but I think there's also Mm -hmm. a fine line because there's a lot of people in the industry who are just like no, like I need to be, t- I need to take a break like every two, three hours. And there's some days where like, even I work on these freelance projects where I hire teams and I tell them going forward, like you're going to work a 13 hour day. I'm paying you like a standard fee and I cannot afford to give you a break because we have a full day that's back to back. Yeah. I just got to say though, like I was raised by an employment lawyer. Mm-hmm. That's illegal. Yeah. It's, it's illegal. Like yeah. you, the person you're doing that to can in theory sue you, sue you. But and like, if you're unpaid and you aren't getting as much out of it, you can de- like you can legally deal with that. If you're not getting a break after five hours of work, that's illegal. You get yeah. a half hour break every five hours. But don't you think it's also dependent on like the level of work that you're doing? No. Because I've always thought, I used to think this way. Yeah. And this is, I think, a toxic way of thinking, especially in creative fields. If you go, if I'm the person asking for a break, then I'm the one who looks yeah. like I don't care. But like... And maybe some bosses will think that, but they're also the ones who, when they mess with the wrong person, yeah. they're the ones who are going to get in serious trouble. And so most companies, the companies who end up being successful are the ones, that care about are their the ones who, are, yeah. who care about their employees. Yeah. Where I'm at right now, like that's not the, the what's it called, like the company culture, Mine, the yeah, corporate yeah, culture. Philosophy. And you know what? H- half the people want to leave. Yeah. Or like, ever, or more, or more. Who knows? Yeah. Like people complain, and like that's just not good for morale. People are, 
eventually if you push people too far the they company will, will yeah. have a, the and problem the not the people stable just because yeah. stable and i know jobs are scarce and whatever but again like knowing your worth translates to other people knowing your worth and so even at the beginning if you were like oh i can't say that i like need to go get some water mm-hmm. like i volunteered yeah. at fashion week and i couldn't even like go yeah. get water and fashion it's like fashion week is intense and, and it's fine like i get that yeah. that's an intense week but it's week. also not life or death like we it's need not. to remember that like yeah. yes these days are serious yes and these jobs deliverables are, scarce, are important but, yeah. but we're not heart surgeons no. we're not mm-hmm. doing life and death work no. so if yeah. you need to go to the bathroom yeah. and like eat so that you don't pass out and yeah. so you can contribute something useful, yeah, do that. And this is also a good like I don't know if employers are going to listen to this, but if a lot of times when you've got a new person, uh, someone who's young and hasn't worked very much, it's on you to be like, hey, why don't you go grab lunch? There have yeah. been so many times where I'm like, I can't, I don't want to ask. But it's been seven hours, and I'm really hungry. Yeah. And it's and 2.30, d- and I haven't <laughs> had a snack yeah, yet. Yeah, and it's like I haven't had – I didn't have breakfast, or yeah. I didn't – whatever. And so I've said to my bosses, like, hey, can I go grab food? And they're like, oh, my God, of course. Why but didn't you ask me? It should be up to but the employer like, to remind the person. Yeah, to the exactly. person in it's charge okay. And they question, they question why you didn't ask, and it's like, why do you think I didn't ask yeah. you? Like, I didn't want to so look, crazy. like, lazy. Yeah, and yeah. it's like they're like <gasps> – it's also yeah. like you don't want to bother them because yeah. you know they have like these really important jobs and you don't want to be like, mm-hmm. hi, like, is it okay with you if, if I, I go eat? Yeah. 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 Well, I think as interns too, like, we expect that we're going to be like on the very bottom yeah. of the like scale. Totally. Completely. Everyone's been an intern before. Exactly. They totally yeah. understand like what you're going yeah. and through. And Zoya, going back to your point about it being a fine line, I think the fine line also exists in how you ask those questions yeah, because if sure. you come to the person that's Confidently. the head of the set yeah. and you're like so I'm really annoyed I haven't yeah. gotten a break in yeah. eight hours like I'm gonna go take a 45 minute lunch k okay, bye yeah. like you've just completely ruined your reputation yeah. in the entire industry because yeah. Toronto's fashion sector is really small mm-hmm. um, but if you go and you're like hey I'm not really I don't know that much about how these work days go but it's been six and a half hours I'm really hungry like can I take a couple minutes to go and yeah. eat so that I can be of use to you yeah you're gonna get a way better response yeah, than if you totally. act like some stuck up a asshole. big way is communication like even yeah. when we go on set so sometimes we'll be on set for like honestly like 15 hours we have like 15 hour day sets and we're like going on location so even if we even if like we're trying to take a break we can't because we're stuck in traffic or we're yeah. waiting on another model and it's just like you have to communicate with your boss going forward and she'll often a lot of people that I've worked with I'm really lucky have been like it might be tough for us to take a break, but we're going to stop like every two hours and we're going to have snacks instead of doing like a 45 minute lunch. Right. Yeah. And it's not just you like, who's not shorter eating. Shorter times. Exactly. It's everybody it's the, else. Everybody else. It's the photographers, yeah. it's the makeup artists, yeah. it's the models. Because chances are you're not the only one person who's exactly. like feeling that way. And I also yeah. got to say back to Danielle's point, like you as the intern, although you feel that you're at the bottom, mm-hmm. like you're doing the work that actually a lot of times makes the company run. And it matters. Yeah. And it matters. For example, what I'm doing right now, it's like if... I didn't confirm shipments like we would get the wrong a lot of times like mm-hmm. there are errors and so we'd get the wrong thing and we'd pay deposits on to on like an amount that's too much than what we ordered and it's mm-hmm. all about like the yeah. details and generally speaking it's the interns who are checking those or it's the lower level employees mm-hmm. who are checking those and the bosses are making the bigger yeah. calls but so if if for example like when I take a sick day that's a problem mm-hmm. um and so it, just keep that in mind that, like, yeah. even though you're at the bottom, if your boss should know that, like, a lot of times you're making the little things run and the little things contribute yeah. to the, the whole the bigger goal. Picture, yeah. yeah, It's also, like, 
even though we technically like in title you are the lowest one technically you shouldn't be because your boss didn't just hire you out of nowhere you know she did like a series of interviews and she found you totally. to be the best fit for that mm-hmm. job so and, and and i feel i know exactly what you feel when you're working for a big organization when there's like 13 editors and there's like a deputy editor-in-chief and it's like yeah. you're just like an intern yeah. Yeah. and especially like for me for many managers was the only one and i was like significantly i was like 15 years younger than the, <laughs> yeah. the next person in the office. But I think it's important to keep in mind also, a lot of times in companies, there's like these buzzwords for the, your bosses where it's like, I, I heard someone say, everybody's a VP. Like a lot of people are VPs. It's you. It sounds vice president of marketing. It mm-hmm. sounds great, but ev- a lot of people are VPs. Like yeah. VP could just be the next step from like manager, manager yeah. or a starting level position like yeah. I'll, it's just when you get to a certain point like when you're starting out you don't know these things but mm-hmm. when you get to a certain point you realize like oh I'm a VP of marketing but there are like two three point. more levels above me and yeah. there's like two people on my team there, so. and, yeah and, and we it's work like together I, to we, run yeah. the whole yeah. thing and it's like oh but there's a director or there's a manager above me and then there's the director and then there's the, the like, assistant director yeah and, and it's like yeah. there's a lot of buzzword kind of roles where you're like they seem like they're ki- like they have a huge amount of responsibility and they have responsibility yeah but it's, it's not always as big it's, as and you it's think. meant and it's shared yeah it's shared and titles are always meant to make the person look better mm-hmm. in their like email signature yeah. on their business card sure. yeah so even with style circle as an example 100%. like we're a student group and yet our exec team are VP president of- vice president yeah. director of marketing director of corporate relations yeah. like we all have all these you know really Titles. serious sounding hats but really we're all working together on the same playing field yeah. equal equal and and again like you said we're not it's a team effort not and we're not surgeons, the so. vps of yeah. you know major but it also it also has a lot to do with like job satisfaction i feel because mm-hmm. if you're Absolutely, working for yeah, someone totally. and you're just an employee you yeah. feel you feel sure. like slightly worse about there's yourself a level of value if you can say oh i'm from those titles right yeah. yeah yeah it's true but yeah i don't know it's just like you st- oh god I can't get past like you start out and you're and it's so exciting and then you like hit reality yeah. and you're like oh a fashion office is really just like any other any office. office the work yeah. you're doing is very very similar you're yes. just mm-hmm. in a different sector um, office politics is the same personalities admin. are the same admin is the same like yeah. hierarchical structures in these companies are not as glamorous as mm-hmm. they appear. Yeah. I like they seem so much more like even like for me I'm rewatching Gossip Girl and yeah. it just seems <laughs> yeah. like I mean it Eleanor seems high Waldorf. stress yeah. but yeah. it seems yeah. high strung but honestly like I think some of the nicest people I've met the most down to earth the most normal yeah. people I've met are in fashion offices like yeah. I used to work for this fashion editor who used to wear like a Toronto Blue Jays jersey almost every day leggings yeah. and Converse yeah. and definitely not the whole image that we see in Devil Wears yeah. Prada at all. I was just going to say mm-hmm. yeah it's true. There are not a lot of Anna Wintours no. in the fashion industry no. at least from what we've experienced probably I find only the one only the one yeah. well there is only and that's, one and that's, that's, and that's yes. getting into like the muse territory where you're not even a person you're like a muse you yeah ha- and then she has to stay with that because yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's her brand it's her brand. she's the figurehead exactly. so if she was to you it's know like being a designer. become more human she wouldn't be as revered yeah it's like being a designer i find like a lot of people think designers are like the epitome of fashion which in a lot of ways they are and i'm sure that they're like really old houses feel very fashion mm-hmm when you go to them but again there's still someone like running their office or like even their seamstresses like they have schedules they have like 
quota slash deadlines. And mm-hmm. it's like it's like any other company. You're just in a specific field. That, yeah. And you're labeled as that field. So going into it, you're like, oh, I'm in fashion. But you may not be, you know. Even if you're just the person doing the taxes for yeah. the major fashion yeah. Exactly. Fashion people you need tax say, people. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And in Creative Industries, actually, it's funny. They mentioned that last year where it was like, how do you kind of draw the line of what sector you're in? Because there's, we were taking a finance class and it's like, I'm doing finance, but I'm working for a creative company. So am I in fashion or am I in finance? finance. Yeah. And so a lot of the lines are blurry. I mean, I often feel this all the time because yeah. technically I'm in a fashion communications program. So mm-hmm. when people ask me exactly what I do, I mean, we barely do any fashion. It's primarily communications. And if even that, my work is specifically around public relations. Yeah. And now that I've been applying for jobs, I'm like, I can work at, there's a place near where I live called Women's College Hospital. And they're looking for a communications coordinator and I know everything that they do. Yeah. So that's not fashion at all. But the degree yeah. that I've done has, and it's like, what is the line of like what we've studied yeah. and like because what you're, you can do with exactly, it. Yeah. In your program, a lot of it is like ma- maintaining brand image and mm-hmm. like creating brands and stuff yeah. like that. And every company Every company, McDonald's needs a brand mm-hmm. yeah. identity. So it's like, yeah. it's not you're in fashion communication, but mm-hmm. it's like creative industries. It's mm-hmm. that's why yeah. they created but that then program, right? What's so. the point where you can stray far enough from fashion, but yeah. still come back to it yeah. if you wanted to? Yeah. I've actually like been if I if I graduate lot. from fashion communications and I work for let's say a cereal brand, then after how many years mm-hmm. do yeah. I want to come back to fashion? Would I be able to? Well, it's interesting because him. I think it depends which industry, where you were at. Which yeah, industry. and what work you were doing. Yeah. Because, but, for yeah. example, like I have a job opportunity right now that may happen in April, which is a communications director position, but it's at a labor union at their head oh. office. Mm-hmm. And so my degree, being in creative industries, a lot of what we've done is marketing, PR, um, corporate communications, business strategy, like writing business mm-hmm. plans, like mm-hmm. running the business within a creative context. But now I have this opportunity to work for the, like a labor union not that creative. is not creative, <laughs> yeah. but they're coming and saying, we need to be modern. We need to be digital. We need to have a cohesive story. Yeah. None of us know how to do that. Yeah. So here you are, creative person. Mm-hmm. Please help come us. help us do that. And yeah. so even though up until this point I've marketed myself as a fashion person through my portfolio and my LinkedIn and my social media is all very fashion specific, yeah. the backbone of what I do is marketing and yeah. branding and communications mm-hmm. and, and that can, I that's think you, translatable. you can take that everywhere. Yeah, I think that's where people who were who like study a creative career, if you want to call it that, that's where we have kind of an edge. Yeah, because even my my dad, he's a school director. He works very closely with some um, ambassadors for countries all over the world, and they talk about how a lot of them actually didn't study like that much politics they were mostly in creative careers and they're Mm -hmm. just because of that they've become really good problem solvers basically like if you have a creative mind you can problem solve better than a lot of people from what I've been especially because the kind of degree you take matters it changes what you've picked up along the way Mm -hmm. my brother is a poli sign history uh had a has a poli sign history degree and so he's a great writer so he could be a journalist but I've learned a lot more of, as Naomi said, like the brand management and marketing and business strategy. And he wouldn't necessarily be that like he wouldn't, he wouldn't be, be able to write that or 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 just, yeah, write it or communicate it in the same way I could. But I wouldn't be able to write as well as he could or right. form ideas or organize 
my thoughts cohesively yeah. and articulately. And so, yeah, like your degree teaches you more than just the title of it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's interesting. But going back to your point about um, like how to kind of switch back to fashion. fashion after, yeah. Even within the industry, it's difficult because I was told that I worked at TJX as a co- uh uh, merchandise assistant co-op and I was told that if you start out there as a buyer and I want to be a buyer and they've got a great way to they have a great university buying university and training program if you start out there because it's off price even switching within the industry is hard so mm-hmm. because people in fashion may think off price is less than compared to you know like a luxury the original exactly yeah, yeah. like more yeah original houses or whatever it is or original department stores even switching in that way is is difficult. So not even if you go to like a labor union like you, Naomi, and then want to come back. Yeah. Even if you if you start out at a company like that's off price as a buyer, and then maybe you want to go to a, be a buyer at the Bay. Even that comes with um, you know challenges. Yeah. So yeah. it's all about like kind of it's you want to know where you want like want to end up mm-hmm. so you can take the right path but yeah. again like yeah. any opportunity can come to you and you have to make time. a decision also yeah. because you know you got to pay rent like you got to like pay your bills so yeah. but like just going off of that as well like you can for example you can work in a labor union or off price or anything like that but if you really want to get back you think a lot of things in this industry especially in Toronto where it's so small is that you need to still be like a good person someone who knows people are always going to judge you on what your like level of work is yeah. so even mm-hmm. if you're working off off price or if you're working something completely different like if you're buying good. for like Walmart yeah. if people know that you're like a consistent worker you're like a good you're reliable you yeah, yeah you have proof that you're, you're hard working and that, I think that's now where the industry is moving toward totally versus like, like it's never you can't, experience you can't not looking, go back like there yeah, are op- you yeah. can. it's always they're yeah, always looking for, for sure. people who are going to be like reliable long term like committed totally. yeah. yeah and you can always make the case that your skills are relevant yeah. so let's say transferable skills yeah so let's say I do go and work at this labor union for two or three years by the sounds of it if I ever leave I'm gonna be working on creating their brand and Mm -hmm. showing that to the world and I can then go to a fashion interview later and be like yeah I wasn't working at a fashion company but look at how cohesive and strong Mm -hmm. and clear their brand is I can do that in a fashion context which leads me to say like it's important when you leave a job Mm -hmm. to have the proof of what you've accomplished so when I was an MA at TJX, I assisted in picking watches for a specific buy and my boss I left and I followed up with him and I and my buyer and I said you know can you send me the results kind of thing and um, I mean every company uses reports to track mm-hmm. how they're doing and to and to decide what to do next and they they have analysts who who help with that the, the, the decision making process and so when you leave a company it's really important to keep those um kind of that kind of evidence so that when you go and it, it'll also help you if you want to like move back into fashion mm-hmm. everything's transferable right you can get a job in any field if you've got you know writing skills and yeah. communication yeah. skills ultimately and, they're all businesses yeah and they're looking yeah. for the same things yeah, yeah. That's true. You just have to package it in a way that makes mm-hmm. you look different and better than the next mm-hmm. person. Yeah. yeah. It's basically like how to write a cover letter. It's the same yeah. Pro- yeah. like and how idea. to go into an interview and just sell yourself. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think the biggest thing and I think what has been the biggest benefit to me personally and to many of my friends who have all these incredible experiences and journeys is because they know how to go into an interview and they know how to talk about like 
what their most strongest assets are. Right. Versus some people who are probably the most amazing people to have in the office. They're organized. They're skilled. They know how to manage their time. But what they don't know is they really struggle in interviews. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's walking true. that fine line between bragging and proving your worth. Exactly. Like you Absolutely. have to find yeah. that yeah. knowing your worth point. and yeah. being like, this yeah. is me. Yeah. Take it or leave it. It's like mm-hmm. that classic thing that people say in inter- interviews not to do when they say, what's your greatest weakness? You're not going to say, oh, I'm too Like I'm organized. Yeah. Or like, I just love working too much. I let mm-hmm. it over to my social life. Yeah. 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 No. So that's the line where you're like, don't brag, but sell yourself. Mm-hmm. Like maybe don't say, I let my social life fall down the tubes because I work too much. Mm-hmm. But you can also say, you know, I am, um, I a lot of times go, well, I, I, I'm a bit nitpicky. Mm-hmm. I, I care a lot. So I want it to be really perfect, but it, sometimes it slows me down yeah. or whatever. And so you're, yeah. you're giving the message that you work hard, mm-hmm. but you're also, you're not spinning it too much. You're, yeah. you're not bragging. You're being honest. You're yeah. being honest. Yeah. And you're, it can, you, people can see that you're looking inside yourself and saying like, you know, this is a weakness. I don't mind it about myself, but I know that it's a weakness yeah. for other people. And I think that you can see that reflected. Like, more and more job interviews these days are not asking those questions anymore. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because they know they that know. people have strategic responses to it. Like, yeah. what's your biggest strength and weaknesses? Yeah. It's like, you and can it go doesn't and actually tell you much about the person. Yeah, no, it but really it's like, doesn't. Because every program in university or college has a, some workshop where it's like, how to interview. Yeah, yeah. Review these these types of questions the they're always like asked yeah. and it's like you're just sharing the document with every university every. and printing it out for your <laughs> yeah. students and that's why employers like I've had interviews where I get thrown off because they ask me they give me like a case study yeah. mm-hmm. and within five minutes they're like what would you do and and you don't prep for that stuff you prep yeah. for it's what's so your greatest weakness situational yeah. right now like every question yeah. or interview that I've been in it's like what would you do if this happened like mm-hmm. yeah. if a client said this what mm-hmm. would you do Yeah, and those and are really hard to prep for But those are also kind of the best questions to give you a taste of who someone is as a person. Mm -hmm. Like, I went to an interview where I was asked, if you could be an animal, what animal would you be? And I had to just come up with an answer for that on the fly. And, like, a reason. Exactly, and a reason and justify my answer and all that. I think another thing is, though, during interviews, people don't always, like, take a minute to think. They just kind of say what—and I think that that's what employers personally, from what I've noticed, is that they really value when you're like, you know what? I'm going to take a minute to think about this. Yes. Because they're sure. like, yeah. okay, you know, if you're stuck in a difficult situation, you're not just going to make a hasty decision. Yeah, you're, you're not going to stop. You're going to think about it. Yeah. And you're going to be like, this is my plan of execution. You know yeah. what's so funny about that is that happened to me when I was interviewing at TJX. And she gave me a situational question, like you said, Danielle. And I was like, can I take a couple minutes? And she was like, oh, my God, of course. And you know what's funny is they hired me in that interview. Mm-hmm. Like, And that's a corporation. Like, that doesn't seem very likely yeah. that... A lot of times they'll review and whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. corporations have kind of bigger lengthy process, lengthy, yeah. mm-hmm. lengthy and it's like, like so much yeah, there's a lot of per- yeah. exactly. And so, yeah, like I yeah. think it really. Yeah. I remember seeing her face and being like, "Oh, okay, good." Like she didn't respond badly to that. Yeah. yeah. Because, but wants- also you didn't have a knee jerk reaction to be no. like, "Oh, as soon as she's like done I've talking, I have this- to yeah. say something." Yeah. The fact that you took the time to be like, "No, I want to compile myself and give yeah. you a really strong answer." It shows demonstrates you how you're gonna yeah, operate totally. in future situations. Exactly. As well. It's like writing an essay in school. No one expects you to sit down and just like bang out an essay. That's why they give you like a month to yeah. like. You know, if you've you got a research paper that's 20 <laughs> yeah. pages, they're not going to be like, have this done by, if it's Friday, they're not going to be like, have it done by Monday. Yeah. They're going to say, no, your work isn't going to be as good if we don't give you yeah. the time, yeah. you know? But like another thing that I try and do is like when I'm interviewing someone, 
Um, I always try to ask questions or like put in front of them scenarios that might occur on the job, totally. even if it's in a subliminal way. Yeah. So like, what would you do in a specific situation? Or like, what would you do if you like, how would you respond if someone told you they were running late or stuff yeah. like that? You can automatically get a sense of like what that person is on the inside. Yeah, because absolutely. sometimes I feel like interviews can be very like exterior. Surface level. Exactly. Yeah. And then once you get, to, when you start working with someone, you're like, you know, this is not the person that I was expecting. Yeah. It's also yeah. interesting to, when you get questions like about your personal life or, you know, mm -hmm. situations like I've had people ask me, what I like to do for fun or with my friends or with my family, hobbies, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it sh goes to show who you are Outside as a person. Work, yeah. yeah. Like, I think it's interesting. I love asking people that. Even when you're meeting yeah. a new friend to be like, um, you know, when I met Zoya, like, we hit it off right away. But <laughs> I remember being like, oh, I have this, like, this perception of this person. And then I, you know, we asked each other, like, what we're interested in. And then we both found out, like, we both love Harry Potter. And, like, it's things that you you maybe don't look like similar yeah. people yeah. and you ask them and you have things in common which still matters on the job although you're not mm -hmm. going to become friends maybe you're not going to become friends you don't need to become mm -hmm. social you like, need to be able to work together yeah, yeah. And in a long way that's productive time. Yeah, yeah exactly you're going to spend time more time with these people than a lot of your friends because you know eight to nine hour days or more and so you don't need to be friends, but you need to know, you know, what the other person likes. You yeah. can have yeah. small conversations, go to lunch. That's why it's important to be super honest in job interviews, I think. Like, yeah. Yeah. You, I don't feel like, lie. Oh yeah, don't lie. Like, if you're in a job interview, you're like, I like to read on the weekend. Yeah. And, you know, and, and you've, you've never touched you've never touched If you like to go out, yeah. I'm like, I would never go, oh, I just like to stay at home. And take baths. And take baths. Like, yeah. just no. Not that baths are bad. We all love baths. No. <laughs> but, like, I wouldn't be like, every I'd rather yeah. do, yeah, yeah, you, it's really important not to lie or like even if if they're like what's your favorite movie and you lie and it comes up later like you just look silly yeah, yeah. they'll people remember say certain your things. favorite movie is like the godfather and no. then not even know oh, a single thing or like the it. notebook like yeah, yeah. because so. you never know who the person interviewing what is either so yeah. like yeah. Mm -hmm. let's say they ask you about say, the movie you know the godfather is your favorite movie and the person interviewing you goes me is, too what um, scene like mm -hmm. a, yes. an enthusiast <laughs> oh yeah like, and like quotes you mm -hmm. or like quotes the movie and then you and, don't react. And you have no oh, idea exactly. what's happening. And it goes right over your head. Like now yeah. they know that you don't actually know yeah. what the Godfather is. Oh God, that just tell just me you so love fun. Harry Potter. Yeah, like, everybody yeah. does. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. oh gosh. Yeah. But then Zaya, as someone who does a lot of interviews, how mm -hmm. important is body language, clothing, vocabulary oh, yeah. even? How important is that to you? I think it's super important. I think yeah, especially the, in this industry especially in this industry even though a lot of my projects aren't only fashion like a lot of what I was saying earlier it's communications it's PR it's like things that you just have to sit behind a desk but I want people who are genuinely enthusiastic about it mm -hmm. who are talking to me about like I mean, I love when I'm sitting in an interview and I'm not really asking any questions when someone's like just talking. telling me their life story and like going 100 miles a second. And I'm just like, this is amazing. It shows you care. It's also like, yeah, don't show up. I remember I went to an interview when I was like 16 for Hollister, but I had just written an exam. And so I was wearing sweatpants and like Uggs and oh. they didn't hire me, obviously, yeah, because like, I looked like a slob. Yeah. And you're, it's like Hollister isn't like the epitome of. Of chic style, yeah. but like wear, you know, yeah. a, put your so, best foot put, forward. Yeah, yeah, it just, yeah, it just shows you care. Like we said, Zoe, when someone's talking a thousand miles a second and and wanting to be there, yeah, it shows yeah. that they really care. Yeah, like they're sure. not like just there because they need mm -hmm. a paycheck. And yeah. another great thing is for me, like sometimes I'll send out a call out for volunteers or opportunities, and I'll get like 
100 emails but it's the person who'll send me that follow-up email when i'll be like yeah i'm interested but they'll be like you know i haven't heard back from you i'm wondering if you're still available i'm still interested that's when i'm just like my interest is secured yeah because i'm like if you're taking the time out to remember to email me back Mm -hmm. and if it's after the interview i haven't decided and they're like thank you so much for meeting me i really look forward to talking to you more because sometimes you meet with so many people people can be incredible in interviews but you just as a natural human being you forget yeah because you Mm -hmm. have a million things on your plate and so that really i think solidifies it for me yeah. But like you mentioned about clothing and you, Anna said as well, I don't want to see you don't don't come interview with me in a pantsuit, but yeah. I want to see you like that you've actually put an effort. You haven't just come from class and just been like throw oh, up your I hair in a come. bun yeah. and had to come. Like mm-hmm. I really appreciate and I get it maybe because I've also interned unpaid for years and years and years. I really appreciate when people, irregardless of how much you're paying them or what hours they're working you for you for, put in that extra effort. Mm-hmm. Right. These little things to like push you over the edge as mm-hmm. a candidate. Like yeah. saying thank you, like sending mm-hmm. a follow up email, totally. putting a blazer on. Like if mm-hmm. you don't have experience, mm-hmm. this these are the things yeah. that are gonna like help you get that job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you don't have to be worried about, yeah. oh well, I don't have any fashion experience. Yeah. Well, yeah. Totally. Like, I can talk about yeah. what I do in my some, free time or whatever. Some of the best people that I think I've worked with have always come to me and been straight up and been honest, been like, I don't have fashion experience. Like, I work with this one girl called Brittany, and the first time I met her, she straight up said to me, she was like, I love theater. I love TEDx. Like, I have <laughs> don't know anything to do with fashion. Yeah. But she was like, I will learn. I will. I'm so interested yeah. to learn. I'm interested to work hard. And I straight, say, straight up said to her, I was like, if there's any questions you ever have for me on the job, like, even after I hired her, I will teach you. And that's what I try and do with most of the projects that I do because mm-hmm. so many people that I hire aren't from fashion. Is that, again, like you guys said, if you're, I mean, even though I try and pay everyone that I work with, if you're not getting the most benefit out of this experience, then it's not really worth yeah. your time. Yeah. But again, like like you said, people, you can apply to any job. It's if you come and you go, you know, and I will learn, I will spend extra time to learn, or these are the skills that I have that will be of use to you, and mm-hmm. I've learned them maybe not in this field, but I've, I learned them anyway, somewhere, somewhere yeah. else. And so it's like that is still going to be of value, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. Because also, realistically, yeah. we've all started from ground zero mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. Like I remember even this year I came and – I had zero work experience, like nothing, because in Colombia you can't work until you're 18. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? So I just never worked. Yeah, they have they have some issues. Yeah, with, it like, was the same thing labor. with me. Right. Like, in, exactly. In, I grew up in Dubai, and over there you can work if you don't have a work visa and mm-hmm. I, at all. At all, like, and basically they hire from outside for everyone to fill jobs, like standard student jobs, like working yeah. at Starbucks or stuff it's like basically that. Basically, an expat. It's a, place, yeah, exactly. Right? So mm-hmm. my only internship that I ever done was I'd worked with my dad briefly, but I'd worked at a dental clinic, mm-hmm. and I learned just from there. I learned like yeah, organization, talking to people. But even that, I had. It was almost as my mom's friend's company, so it was more social than it was really learning. Yeah. And when I came here, I did, like, the most random things, like, the most random things. And even when I had my first real internship at Flair, I would go up to my boss and be like, I honestly don't know this because I have no experience. And, like, she knew that hiring me, and she took the opportunity to teach me. Yeah. And it's so amazing because now, like, five years later, we, like, we do all these freelance projects together, and she can still remember all the things that she's taught me. Well, again, it's honesty, right? People mm-hmm. appreciate that note. Generally speaking, you, you won't. Generally speaking, mm-hmm. you won't find a boss who's like, "I don't want to teach you." Mm-hmm. I w- mm-hmm. like, I mean, I've come across them, and that's one instance where you're like, "Is this worthwhile for me? Is it not?" You know, I could. Yeah. You could always find something else if you really, really look for it, and you really want something else. But a lot of times, bosses care an, a lot about their businesses, and so they want the people that they have. They yeah. don't want to. They don't want to train and hire mm-hmm. someone new. Mm-hmm. They want to keep who they have and like make 
them better, mm-hmm. it's a lot more effort for them to train and hire someone and new even, than to just, you know, give some words yeah. of wisdom. And, and even if of, you don't land that major internship right away, just build up to it slowly. Like totally. volunteer mm-hmm. for some things, yeah. work part time for some things, and yeah. eventually you'll get there. Well, it's like I said, I worked at TNT first as a sales associate in the store, then went to the office and did the e-commerce, and now I'm doing buying assisting and it's been over it's been about a year and a half and or two years now and so it's like I didn't I didn't get that from the get go like he wouldn't have my boss wouldn't have hired me I had no experience as a buying Mm -hmm. assistant and as I showed that you know I'm organized and I'm efficient and people in my in the company like me you know people will say oh this person is taking a leave of absence do you want to fill that position and Mm -hmm. and also like for anyone listening, Zoya has a Facebook group for fashion interns of Toronto, and that's a really good source. Like, just she posts a lot of people go on and post yeah. a lot of p- opportunities mm-hmm. there. So yeah, it's called the a- Toronto Fashion Interns Group. It's on Facebook, and if it's not, a lot of people are just like posting about jobs. It's, this is the thing, even helping I, with styling. Yeah, little, I work in little sometimes jobs. I work in like editorial and commercial styling, and things always happen on the fly and there's events like I need someone the night of and like if you happen to be available like amazing and through that I mean that's how I started in this industry because I happened to be available and I was like I would take anything I would get and like like you were mentioning earlier like even if you don't have the opportunity to grow with one company I cannot even tell you how many like unpaid volunteer jobs I've done fashion week random runway shows like for small media companies and what you start to realize are the production people for these events are always the same or the stylists are always the same because it's and eventually they'll keep seeing you and they'll be like who are you yeah Yeah. that's how honestly for for me in first and second year of university i'd never gotten paid this is one of the good things about being in a small fashion city where it's like every Mm -hmm. the people who are producing those shows yeah it's always the same company yeah and so like you said you just go up and then go i know your face like i've seen you before and And if you do good work it's easy for them to remember you because they're not coming across a lot of people that do good work yeah and it's they just will be like oh you you're from the last show help me with this and And it'll be something more exciting at the end of it that's exactly what happened to me at the end of it she was like can i get your number actually you know i'm really (laughs) interested and i have like two or three projects coming up would you be down to help and that's how it started and eventually Eventually, she She'll get paid. Eventually, eventually her yeah. friends were like, "Oh, do you have an assistant?" And that's honestly how it gets started because in the industry, just like how we're all friends now, mm-hmm. ten years from now, we'll be the one being like, "Oh, Anna, do you have a do you have an extra set of hands? I'm working on a set here, mm-hmm. or like, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, or do you we, know anyone in your company exactly. or you're where you're yeah. working? It's or, all yeah. about that. So it's literally about connecting with one person, making a good impression, being everywhere. Like yeah. I know. In first and second Social year. media matters too. Yeah, a lot. everyone's yeah. just like, you know, why are you going to Fashion Week? Like, you're not sitting, you're not, you can't barely see the shows. Like, you're sitting all the way in like the 10th row. But it's about being there in that environment and like mm-hmm. connecting with saying people. Saying hi to people. Saying when hi to people. When you're leaving. Yeah. Going out to people and be like, I really admire your work. Like, that is such an interesting thing for me. Like, I used to, I used to be so nervous. I would, mm-hmm. but I would go up to like the Beckermans or yeah. all these bloggers and be like, I love your work. I think you're amazing. But like, it's so funny to be nervous about that because for them, they're receiving a compliment. So yeah. why would you be nervous? Exactly. Yeah. If you're, mm-hmm. if you know at least, at least, it's one thing if you're going up to them because you know that there's someone and saying that, and mm-hmm. you don't know enough about them. So like, if they ask you a question mm-hmm. about their work, then that's. But like, mm-hmm. if you're genuinely, if you know about them, if you care about their work, yeah, what could go wrong? Yeah. You're you're paying someone a compliment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not going to be like, ugh. Yeah. They're Unless say, oh. they're yeah. an asshole. Yeah. yeah. But like most, but most of the time, they're going to be like, oh my really gosh, like, like gracious. So yeah. that's so nice. Who and would they even want to hear you? Like if they see you enough, and if you're like nice enough, and you say something again be very personable yeah. they'll remember you and these are the things that like mm-hmm. go a long way like about you that's yeah. unique or interesting yeah. and yeah 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 
Okay, so I think that's a really great place to end it. Um, I hope this conversation was insightful for some of you out there who are listening. Um, I know it was helpful for me to just talk about all those things and get it out into the air. Um, If you have any questions about anything we talked about or any of the work that we do, um, please leave comments um, on our comment section um, or feel free to reach out to us through our Instagram handles Um, you can also find us all on stylecircle.org and if you're interested in some networking opportunities in fashion we've got a couple of really cool events coming up in the next little while the book issue 3 is launching on April 12th Um, the launch party is from 7 till 11 p.m. and we're hosting it at 192 Spadina Avenue so come and check that out you can come meet some of us um, celebrate the launch of the magazine Um, Mass Exodus is also happening in April um, so keep an eye out for that a lot of us will probably be skulking around there (laughs) seeing the collections uh, celebrating our peers Um, and that's That's a really great way to kind of see who's going to be coming into the fashion industry soon. So watch out for those. Um, Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Oh, and thank you to Zoya and Daniela for (laughs) hanging with us today. You had so much insight. And hopefully, we'll see you guys on our YouTube channel. Yes, yes. Yes. It'll be launching soon, so please check it out. Yes, Anna's hard at work at that, so everybody's going to go watch. Yay. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.